Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 31 of Hunter Hunted, my AVP fan fiction. As always, I do hope you've been enjoying this little stroll through the AVP universe that I created all them years ago. And as always, I hope you can like, subscribe, send me feedback wherever you can through either ghostnobody.com, fanfiction.net, archive of our own, or anywhere else you see me publish for that matter. And uh, I do hope that you'll continue to stay with me as we stroll through this. Because uh, I'm thinking that after I finish Hunter Hunted, I can do Enemy of My Enemy and gradually and slowly work my way through the whole collected works. Until they're all done in the, my thoroughly unsexy Welsh voice. So, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, and the usual legal disclaimer before we do start. I don't own AVP. They're all works of their own respective studios. This is fan fiction, so I just own Yujuta Huntresses, and they're all mine. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 31. Last One Standing. Soon as she heard the scream, Sarah Aleth was already moving, bursting out of the cave with her weapons drawn. first thing she saw was Shenna on the ground, trying desperately to move. Her hands were stretched out in the direction of the forest and there was no sign of her brother anywhere. Dashing to Shenna's side, the first thing she saw was a dart on the floor next to her. The second thing she saw was a tear streaming down her face, as well as a look of pure rage in her eyes. What happened? Where's Ryan? She asked, grabbing Shenna's shoulder and lifting her up to face her. He took him, Shenna said in a distraught-sounding voice. Who took him? The bad bloods? Seller asked, her heart already sinking. Shenna looked at her and tried to shake her head, but it came off as a limp wobble, thanks to the paralysis toxin that was still flowing through her veins. No, she said. Then who? Who took my brother? Shenna asked, her voice now in desperation. The arbiter of my clan, Shenna said, in her voice sounding pretty confused. The Shadowclaw clan are here? Seller exclaimed. He exiled me and took Ryan, Shenna said, and Shenna's heart really sank now. There was still a chance. The Shadowclaw clan were an honourable clan, so there'd be a chance for him to get him back. Where did they take him? Seller asked quickly. To face trial, Shenna responded. This confused Seller Elleth. What had he done wrong? Trial? Trial for what? she asked. For being an abomination. And for courting me, Shenna replied, her voice choking up on her tears. Sella was filled with rage now. How dare they judge her beloved brother for merely existing? Who the hell did they think they were to be passing judgment on people for simply being alive and daring to develop feelings for another, especially when those feelings were being returned in equal measure? Which way did he go? She asked her sharp voice, making the tearful Shenna look up. She tried to point, but her arm refused to move. In the end, she ended up just gesturing with her head in a sort of wobbly nod. Sella's first instinct was to go racing off to find her beloved brother. But she simply couldn't go running out into the forest at night, leaving Shenna here all alone, helpless and defenceless. If anything, but like the bad blood came her way, she had to clear the toxin out of her body first and get her moving, so they could both go after her brother. Seeing the rage in Shenna's eyes, Sella was sure she wanted to get a chance to get her own back as well. 
so turning she quickly dragged the paralysed huntress back into the cave and placed her on the bed. She then turned and started rummaging through all the powdered herbs and medicines her matriarch had left behind when she'd lived here. It took an hour and quite a few potent mixture of herbs and detoxifiers to purge Shenna's body of the paralysing toxin, and it wasn't a pleasant process for her either. Most of the time she'd spent being sick or shaking uncontrollably while her body sweated out the toxin. Zella was just glad she paid attention to her matriarch when she taught her the uses of local fauna for medicinal purposes. But now, Shenna thought far from being at 100% was up and about, and she was raring to go after Ryan. A pair of them armed up, taking all the weapons they could find, including some that her matriarch had left behind in the cave. With her AS-50 in the shoulder and scanning ahead of them, Sella followed as Shenna led. Shenna was following the signs in the trees of which direction the arbiter had taken. Normally a hunter as skilled as an arbiter would be almost impossible to track, but while he was carrying an unconscious male on his shoulder, he was impaired slightly so there were subtle signs for them to follow, like a trail of breadcrumbs. A gouge mark in the tree bark here, where his boots had scuffed it after a heavy jump, a claw mark from having to grab onto a branch to steady himself, broken branches here and there, where he'd sacrificed stealth for speed. Each of them read like a map to Shenna's eyes, and she followed it with a cold, seething determination. After a life of scorn and ridicule, this had been the final straw. Not only had this arbiter not even bothered to kill her and grant her an honourable death, choosing instead to exile and shame her, he'd also taken her the only thing in her life that ever meant anything to her. It was now that she realised the truth behind Tickelleth's words in her diary. Her clan, although considered honourable and exalted among other clans, treated anyone that didn't fit their ideal of a Yejuta like dirt and punished them for it, whether it was something they could control or not. Now they had overstepped the line. They had taken this innocent male who committed no crime other than existing and developing feelings for her, and had dared to express them. Outside of her immediate family, he was the only person who had treated her honourably, and as an equal, despite the fact that when she had found out, she herself had scorned him. This wonderful and beautiful special male had proved to her his honour and his intentions in doing what he had done for her. Now it was her turn to prove hers to him. Not only was she going to get him back, but she was going to spit in the face of her clan in the process, just like Tick Elf before her. She knew there was no way that she'd given another chance, but this time she was going to take it. They followed the trail through the trees and on the ground for at least two hours. It eventually led them to a ridge overlooking a massive valley. Shenna stopped in a tree on the ridge line and looked right down into the valley, and she was swiftly joined by Sailor Elleth, who had been running along the forest floor but had now jumped up into the trees. He's down there somewhere, I know it, Shenna said quietly. Sailor scanned the valley with a scope of her powerful rifle from left to right. Then something drew her attention and Shenna noticed her track it back. And refocused the scope. What do you see? she asked, and Sella glanced away from the scope at her new friend. Take a look, she said, holding her rifle out to her. Shenna took the massive rifle from her and looked through the scope. 
which took a little getting used to when you were wearing a hunting mask, but she soon got the hang of it, and was instantly impressed by the level of magnification these woman weapons provided. On the other side of the valley, do you see the small lake on the plateau? Seller asked. Shenna scanned the scope back and forth until she had it lined up. Got it, she said. Look to the left of the water, Seller said. Shenna did as she was told, but saw nothing. Look at the trees. Look at the way they're leaning, Seller clarified, seeing that her friend blatantly saw nothing. Shenna looked at it, and first she was about to say there was nothing there. That was until she saw a frond drop from a tree and slide down something that wasn't there. That's when she noticed that four of the trees were being forced over at an odd angle. A cloaked ship! she exclaimed. Bingo, Zella said. Shenna glanced at her. What the porking hell is a bingo? she asked and Zella shrugged. No idea. Something my father says when he finds something he's lost. Figured it was appropriate, she said with a grin under her mask. Right then, what the pork are we waiting for? Let's get over there and get my mail back. Shenna said with the anger and impatience in her voice obvious. Sella snorted a laugh at the fact that Shen was already describing Ryan as her male after only two days. But then her father and matriarch had been the same way. Maybe there was a Shadow Claw clan thing. And then she saw Shen eyeing her. What's so funny? she asked, turning to face her. Nothing, but we can't go charging over there without a plan of attack. This is an arbiter we're dealing with. If the stories my matriarch told me about them, they're a lot like my father, Sella said. So, Shenna said impatiently. That means that they are somebody to really worry about and to take rather porking seriously. So we go charging in there unprepared and we both end up as dead and he still takes Ryan, Sella said. That was Shenna's turn just to huff, but it was a huff of agreement. The Arbiters really were people to be feared. They were among the most fearless and exalted Yejuta warriors, and they were certainly not fools. Lowering the rifle and handing it back to Sella, she looked a little chastised. Any ideas? she asked. Sella smiled slightly below her mask. Just one. It's a long shot, but it might just work, she said. As she moved through the trees towards the lake, Shenna found herself wondering why the Arbiter had not yet left. She figured that he must be sending a report to the clan ship of what had occurred here. Maybe there was even some direct contact with them right at this very moment. Then her thoughts wandered to Ryan again, and her heart started to beat faster. A mixture of loss and rage boiled in her blood. It was true that they hadn't known each other very long at all, but that, did that make their feelings any less valid? She herself couldn't believe that in this very short period of time this whirlwind of feelings and emotions had blown through her and turned everything that she'd ever known and believed on its head. She'd always been taught to love something that had developed and nurtured, but it didn't just develop on its own. It had a lot of time and it required for it to happen. In fact, you remember something her matriarch had said to her when she was small. She'd asked her how she and father had met that she and her father hadn't fallen in love till years after knowing each other. In fact, they were first introduced they couldn't even stand each other. But over time, and after rutting together, the feelings had just happened. 
so slowly that neither of them had even properly noticed till it was too late. But then there were others who would just look at one another to know that they were going to be together forever. In fact, this caused her to remember something that had been written in Tick Ellis' diary. It was something Jack had said to Tick when talking to him about it, when she was trying to understand how quickly she had not only fallen in love with him, but had abandoned all of her taught principles for him. Apparently, Oomans called it love at first sight, and that it was rare, but it usually happened when you met your true soulmate. It seemed that Tick Ellis had met her one and only true soulmate in the Ooman called Jack, and that they just clicked into place with one another right away. It was those words that fit how she felt about Ryan so perfectly. She had no doubt in her mind that he was her soulmate, and she didn't care how long she'd known him. To her, it felt like she'd known him in her entire life. Like he'd always been there, somewhere in her soul, calling out to her now. And she'd finally met who that voice had belonged to. When they'd linked, she'd felt her own feelings for him mirrored back to her from him. And she'd known right at that moment that it was meant to be. But now he'd been taken from her, and now she knew she'd do anything to get him back. Upon reaching the edge of the lake, where the cloaked ship was located, Shenna activated her cloaking device and began to circle around the edge of the lake. Even though it was cloaked, Shenna could still hear the thrust thrum of the engines. That meant the Arbiter was already on board with Ryan and the ship was powered up. This meant she had to move quickly if this plan was going to have any chance to succeed. The grass around the lake was long, and she had to watch as she wasn't making too obvious a trail through it as she approached where the ship was parked. When she was close, she took one of the devices that Sarah had given her. She looked at it and turned it over in her hands. For some reason, she didn't trust this woman technology, despite the fact that she'd seen with her own eyes how powerful one of their rifles was. Even then, Seller had just said it was one a piece of junk compared to the one of the ones her father had upgraded. She'd still rather have a plasma caster any day. But in its absence, this would have to do. Then taking a deep breath, she pulled the small metallic pin out of it, a small lever had flicked off, and she pitched it up hard. But not at the cloaked ship, but right into the water next to it. After a few seconds there was a loud but dull thud from under the water and a massive plume of it shot into the air, drenching everything around in the area. As soon as the water made contact with the ship, the cloak started sparking and shorting out. Seller had been right when she'd said that Utah's Juta cloaking tech really didn't like water. A second later there was a massive crack followed by a boom from the direction of the tree where Seller was camped. The massive projectile bounced off the armoured hull of the ship, but it did f further disrupt the cloaking device, causing large parts of the ship to temporarily become visible. More booms and more rounds panged off the ship's armoured hull. Just as she was grinning now that the well plan was working, Shenna noticed the large twin guns on top of the ship start to turn as the Arbiter tried to zero in where the shots were coming from. Sella must have noticed as well, because the bullets started pinging off the guns themselves as they turned. Shenna noticed, chose that exact moment to break cover and run to the ship. 
straight up into the hatch. She pressed the button for it to open and there was a series of whirring noises from behind the metal and then a large dark hatch began to roll open. Quick as a flash he stepped inside and pressed another button on the far wall to close the outer hatch and cycle the airlock. As soon as she did a klaxon began sounding and the outer hatch sealed but the other one didn't open. She began to punch the button over and over and over again. Come on! She yelled desperately as she pounded the button. You are a resourceful little one. I have to give you that. But did you seriously think I have a ship with no countermeasures for intrusion? The arbiter's voice boomed through a speaker above her. Shedder banged her fist against the inner door in frustration. Then from above her she heard the ship's cannons loose off a set of shots and she prayed that Sellerelith had managed to get out the pork out of the way. Then the whole ship shook and she was thrown painfully against the wall and she realised that they were lifting off. Then the whole ship banked over and she was thrown against the outer door with a thud that knocked the air out of her. This is where you get off, the arbiter's voice said through the speaker and with a whoosh the outer door shot open with incredible speed and suddenly she was flying or rather falling straight down towards the lake. As soon as she'd seen those big cannons line up on her, Hyde Sarelth jumped from the tree and set off running through the forest. It proved to be a well-timed move, as only seconds later the entire area she'd been in was vaporised by the blast from the massive guns. Then she watched the ship take off and bank violently over to the left, and she watched as a small door open and fly open, and eject a small figure was ejected into the air. Oh, pork Shanna! She exclaimed as she saw her new friend falling from the ship towards the lake. The plan had failed, but she had to reach her friend. She turned to look for a path down to the valley, but as she did, she was surprised to see a figure dressed in all black stood to her left. Her initial thought that it was a bad blood, but as she moved a level a life rifle and fired it, she was hit in the chest by something which sent a huge shock through her body, causing all her muscles to spasm uncontrollably. She instantly lost control of herself and she dropped the massive gun before falling flat on her face. Then she felt something sharp being jabbed into her upper shoulder and her head began to feel all swimmy and fuzzy. Who are you? She slurred, trying not only to control her spasming mandibles but whatever had been pumped into her fuzzed her head and made her tongue feel numb. It was right at this point of the fuzzy she realised that the person was way too small to be a Yejuta, not unless they were her age anyway. And that was the last thought that hit her brain before it all went black. Shenna felt a really strange. She felt like she was floating back in her matriarch's womb. Such a comfortable feeling that she felt like she'd just curl up and there would be nothing more to worry about anymore. Then as she was contemplating just doing that, a voice spoke to her in the darkness. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare go into the darkness. You are Shenna Blackcrest, full-blooded huntress. You stand up and you fight. Now fight! It yelled in her head. It sounded oddly familiar. And then a face flashed into the darkness. It was a handsome young Ajuta male. And for some reason she felt connected to this person somehow. I am waiting for you. 
If you want me, you're going to have to fight for me. Now fight, the voice roared again. Then a name swam into a dark void of a mind. Ryan, it whispered, and suddenly her mind flashed with a binding white light and the male was back, this time surrounded by warring white fire that swirled around him. That's when it all flooded back into her. Shenna took a huge gasping breath and opened her eyes in a panic. She looked around herself and everything was blurry. There seemed to be large wavy plants all around her and she realised that she was underwater. Luckily for her, the hunting mask was wearing was doubled as a rebreather. Quickly trying to orientate herself, she swam upwards and burst her head out of the water. She was in the middle of the lake that the arbiter's ship had been parked next to. She painfully swam over to the shore nearest to her and flopped down on her back onto the bank, breathing heavily as she looked into the night sky above her in the direction that the ship had gone. She felt so completely useless, like a complete failure. Ryan was long gone. She'd been thrown out of an airlock, and Cellar Elleth could have been incinerated for all she knew. Oh, pork cellar! she exclaimed, sitting up. Oh, sudden enough, there caused spots to flash into her vision. Looking over to the area where the ship had fired, there was nothing more. No tree, no fire. What's more, it was perfectly visible due to the daylight. Daylight? How porking long was I out cold? She yelled as she flipped over onto her hands and knees. She went to get to her feet. As she did, two sets of boots stood right in front of her, and she became aware of a long blade only inches from her face. And that was chapter 31, ladies and gentlemen. Will Ryan survive the trip? Will Salareleth survive the uh, new arrivals? And will Shanna Blackcrest survive the two newcomers who've got a blade to her throat? Only one way to find out. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.